everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. I'm Peter Bolden. And I'm Craig Spodak. Dentistry can sometimes feel lonely. Having over 45 years of combined experience and the chops to run eight successful practices, our mission is simple. Pay it forward and share what we've learned. That's why we developed the Bulletproof Pathway to help you navigate your way to ultimate success in dentistry. And don't forget to join our community's conversation over at bulletproof.dental. Now, let's get to it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about data. Craig and I are going to get in. And usually, this is a podcast of opinion. Here's what I think, and this and this, and here's my experience. And Craig, you're wrong. But today, <laughs> Craig, you're wrong. But today we're going to be talking about data, and we've kind of taken this um, this PDF we've gotten from Dental Intel. As you know, um, we've spoken about that before. They've been at the summits, and we actually put this in the summit manual, the, the the bulletproof manual that we get at summit because it was chock full of data, and it was data that they've aggregated from being able to have inside information on ten thousand plus practices. So. Um, I think, look, Greg, you have a good line that I think it's Tony Robbins' success leaves clues. And I think in this instance, like data, you can use it to your friend as, as your friend. And, 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 if, and, if, and if the data of 10,000 examples is proving move in this direction, it's probably a good idea to at least put your mind's eye on that. Would you agree? hundred percent. Yeah. I think we tend to make a lot of decisions <clears throat> based on how we feel. And that's just one of the um, pitfalls of being human. It's you, we are, uh, logical creatures by nature, but um, we we have the animal mind too, and we run how we feel. And I think when you're coming, when it comes to running your business, it's really important that you pay attention to statistics. So this is incredible data, and I'm really excited to to kind of yeah. flush through it. I mean, it was enough where we wanted to put it, like I said, in our field manual at summit because it was it was cool. Um, and look. If your analytics softwares are great, they're only as good as what you dig in and use. And I think dental intel, I mean, there's obviously practice by numbers and divergent and all, there's all sorts of practice. Matter of fact, Craig, I meant to tell you this. I was going to show you this project before, before we hit record, Craig and I were looking at real estate and him buying this and this, and I was showing him some things, but I wanted to show you a dash, my own dashboard that I've been making just to kind of curate all some of the things and put it all on one screen. But oh, for yourself, is, your own like, yeah. net worth. Oh, that's very cool. No, 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 no. My practice is based on using Google Sheets and Google's data studio. Oh, cool. It's really neat because very I wanted cool. it custom because, you know, I have multiple different practices, different locations, and there's different metrics that I want to see that we sure. track internally. And I've shared that, but we died. By the way, by, by the way, Peter, I'll just make it quick. Before Dental Intel, I actually hired, I got in touch with a guy who like works for a large DSO, you know, hundred practices is pre-Dental Intel. And they were going to build me my own dashboard. And that was going to be like, I don't know, like 20 G's to build that dashboard. I didn't know about dental. And so this is before we started using them. And, you know, I was using them first and you started using them. I was like, holy smokes. Like when you turn on the lights to your practice, mm-hmm. and you see all this data. It's like, it, it's really overwhelming at first. You know, it's almost like you got to like eat this elephant one bite at a time. I remember you feeling that way. Like this can't be, you know, this is, is it because it's a, it's a shakeup from what you believe and what you, what you think, you know. 
So uh, it's really important. Well, so data, I always say this too, Greg, is that the thing that impresses us when we're looking at qualifying these metric software is the thing that becomes daunting when we put it into practice, meaning like, how am I going to, where's the rubber meet the road? Like what lever am I going to push? But in the beginning, right. when you're looking at the demo, you're thinking, look at all this amazing stuff I'm going to do. The it's key like takeaway is you're probably not going to do it. And there's yeah. probably four or five or six things that you really need to look at um, on the daily but after that, like there's some things maybe once a month or once a quarter, right? Just well, like, to make sure well, like you're any trending. software, Peter, like any software, like the like guys who use Photoshop yeah. all the time they, or Revit or all these CAD softwares, they usually use like 10% because everybody uses a different 10%. So they have to be extremely robust, these softwares. And if you try to use it all, you'll be lost. So let's go to the key takeaways. I want to tell you though, an idea because I'm never oh. going to have, like you talked about in the last podcast, Craig, ideas that just sit on the shelf and never come to fruition. Remember that idea that I had that I told you about? And I was like, this is what I really want in the software is I want to be able to hit an app on my phone. I want it to be simple, simple, simple. I want it to be broken into quadrants. Okay. I want the KPIs that I want. It's going to, I want to call it only four. And if someone wants to develop this, go ahead, right? It's <laughs> going to sit on the shelf, but at least give me some kind of credit. You literally hit the, hit the button on your phone. It opens it. It has one screen. It's broken into quadrants. There's four KPIs. If you're, if it's, if the background is green for the KPIs that you established, that means you're good to go. Close your phone, go back to your family, go back to dinner, go back to, you know, hanging out with your friends or doing sport, you know, working out, whatever. If it's red, dig in and figure out, right? So you open it up and your quadrants, if all four quadrants are green, because the ones you define, good to go. See you tomorrow. And and then imagine one other layer to that. So that's the macro. So in the Mm -hmm. micro, manage like imagine each hygienist gets the same thing every day. Mm -hmm. Your reappointment rate. Did you do it all? Did you blah, blah, blah? Did you complete your net? Whatever, whatever those metrics is. So that that higher level statistic saying you're healthy would boil (laughs) down to the lower provider level, like, hey, you're all healthy. And then you could know because I have a friend that runs, has 35 truck dealerships, you know, a billion dollar company. And he has systems set up in place where all of his reviews with all of his lower people, he's got middle level management everywhere, but they come into the review with like, I'm great or I suck essentially Mm -hmm. because you've given them what they need. Like, how's it going? Well, here's my results. They're not great. Okay. What are you going to do about them? Uh, I'm going to fix it. Okay, good. So I think that your macro four squares could be broken down to a practice management. Or maybe it's six, well. but my, oh, whatever, point is, yeah, whatever it's got to be is, easy. Because I think the best thing about using intelligent software is the frequency on which you use it, not from the data that it gives you. Yep. Right. Because it puts your psychology to work at the things you know are not working. Right. But if you look at it every quarter, based on your quarterly reports from your CPA, it's a lag indicator and doesn't do much. And it's like, mm, yeah, I had this software and I checked the box, but really it didn't do anything for my. For my moving the needle. So that was my idea. Having two projects, software projects in the, in the works right now, Craig, um, I don't want to add a third. So that's why I just wanted to, to share. So if anyone wants I only to know sh- one software project, I know the, oh, uh, yeah. the dental one. It's, it's a sneaky one. It's another dental one. It's another oh, dental sweet. one. Are you going to make me buy the into that one call, too? Being able to text post-operative messages, videos is the dental hello project. I'll, oh, cool. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew about that one. When do I have to, when are you going to when do you make me buy into that one? Yeah, right. Um, shortly, you will get you will get hit for the uh, the twenty yeah. billion dollar valuation that it is. All right. So, Craig, as I'm sharing the screen right now, because we're going to give literally the takeaways on the takeaways of what they've established for this oh, PDF. Like so I'm sharing the like screen. That. The ADD special, Craig. The ADD speciality. So their key takeaways from analyzing ten thousand practices from 2020 and and beyond, or or 2019, or up to 2020, I should say, because this came out kind of uh, post-COVID. 
their key takeaway, and I'm going to highlight this, <clears throat> um, this thing right here, you just see, Craig, is number one is the pre-appointment percentage. And I would agree that this is a very, very important metric. Yeah, number right? one. It's number one. I'm number glad one. they made it number one. And this should move to the deep. top of the priority list of, of for use at least the next several months. And when they're this is what they're talking about in terms of this document. Um, so look, pre-appoint, you know, Craig, I know in your practice is very similar to mine. We make sure that that people are leaving with next appointments on the books, right? Um, from a recare, from a recall, yep. even from an operative standpoint, like what is the next visit? And they're just leaving with that. And that is the best future determinant of how your practice is going to do. In a hygiene yeah. component, we track that just in hygiene. And my, our goal is to be, and I think we share this number, is about 86%, right? That's what we want to track. And so this is one of the key metrics. You know, I talked about that software, Craig, the, one of the four KPIs that I would want it on that screen. This would be one. Oh, for sure. We agree right? on that 100%. Because like, listen, I, I have a friend who's a plastic surgeon. And, um, he, he's like, he always tells me he's a business guy too. He always says, you guys are, you realize how lucky you are in dentistry that you get to see your patients when you don't have to sell them something. You have this built in the recare model that we have as a, as dental dentistry is so freaking cool to see people. If you have your reappointment, right, really, really buttoned up, you actually may not have to have a marketing budget whatsoever because the amount of patients that are inflowing into your practice, it would be so immense if it's really buttoned up and really high, you're actually meeting people who like and trust you and not meeting brand new, not going on first dates all the time. So that's really cool. That's the number one overall metric for future practice health is that. Number two, number two, you tell, give me two, uh, is patient growth percentage. And so what this is, is talking about is actually even in 2020, the top practices they were analyzing actually saw an increase in the percentage of new patient growth from 14% to 18%. And the bottom 10% actually yeah. saw a decrease, right? So, so what's good, happening, Pete? The cream is rising to the top. That was, a, that was a situation where the cream rose to the top. Good practices got better. Bad practices got worse. Yep. Okay? And, and hence so the what, reason for consolidation, by the way. The top yes. performers are kicking ass and the bottom people are getting worse. And so what did the top pr- practices do to grow? And, he, and they, I love it how they give some things. And these are some of the things, Greg, we talk about in the summit. Like they track their new patients and they follow consistent systems for scheduling them, right? I.e. number one, we just spoke of. They held daily morning huddles to measure progress, discuss opportunities and strategize. Okay. Another thing we talk about in summit is don't get in a morning huddle and read the damn schedule. Everyone can see the schedule in front of them. Use it to strategize, talk about opportunities, talk about same day treatment, shit like that. Next thing, they, they measured how their marketing performed using the data and captured reasons new patients either responded or didn't respond to those campaigns. Genius. And we're actually going over some of that stuff tonight, Craig, in our mastermind. Um, and they made patient retention a top priority, meaning that they created a safe environment. They focused on things that, they, that you know, I always say in dentistry, just create the easy button for patients. Right. And if you can do that, they will they will not only will they call you first, but they will be retentive because they don't they won't be able to recreate that experience. So made a retention a top priority. And that's the thing you and I talk about, about net growth. It's not about new patients you get. Right. It's the net growth. And the way you can amplify your net growth is by a lot of new patients and a lot of retention. 
Hey everyone, Newsflash, save this date. Our 2022 summit will be taking place on June 2nd through 5th in Nash, Vegas, Tennessee. Sign up to receive summit updates at bulletproofsummit.com or stay connected with all things Bulletproof by joining our network at bulletproof.dental. Moving on, number three takeaway, key takeaway, is the annual patient value. Craig, why don't you... um, why don't you dig into this? And this goes into the, the APPV. I guess they call it APV. I always, I always say APPV, uh, the average um, production per patient visit. And uh, oh, okay, this is something it. they have as an annual patient value is the annual average annual value of all your mm-hmm. patients. Got it. And what do you call it? Average. Well, we just call it. Yeah. Average the APPV average production per patient visit. Um, and so this is why this one's a little higher. So my number, so theirs is 1100. If my would just cut it in half because right. they're using it on an annual and I'm using it on patient visit and assuming that there's two visits per year. I, I prefer the way you do it. I do too. Average production <laughs> per visit. And I'll tell you why. Shakaroo, I do too. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Yeah, we're just, we're, we're, we're our biggest fans. So Peter, you're awesome. Yeah, Craig, you're awesome too. No, but the reason why I like this is because what you're going to, what I've had in the past. And I, before, again, this is before dental Intel, I would feel like things are really busy. Jesus, mm-hmm. busy over here. And then, you know, the business side of me would be like, okay, well, how's the net happening? I'm like, oh shit, I'm making less money this year. And I'd actually go into Dentrix because I use Dentrix and I try to figure out how many actual visits we have. I don't care if it's for hygiene or just to check a bite. Every time you bring a patient into the chair, you, it costs you money. You have to process them. You have to book them. You have to check them in. You have to clean the room. I want to make sure I know every time a patient sits in the chair, there's a lot of work that went into it. I want to know how much revenue we're generating for each one. And sure enough, I went through that really hard mental exercise of figuring out my average patient per or my average production per visit. Um, And I realized, oh my God, this is not sustainable. I've increased Mm -hmm. my volume by 30% and I've decreased my charges by like 10%. So you know, I, I knew I had to do something. So that's correct. Really- we talked about the multi, the, in the last pod talking about revenues and collections and EBITDA, the fastest way to increase your EBITDA is doing the most with your at bat that you have, meaning you only have a number of at bats in your practice. Right. And this doesn't mean like getting this into, into sleazy sales and all this stuff, no, no, maximizing the captive audience that you have with that patient sitting there and, and doing bigger treatment plans. So I love what they've said here is they said, they, they said, and this is the average patient value, number three. It says the one of the ways the top practices increased APV in 2020 was hyper-focusing on collections, okay? And so, and they give you some examples, which I love. And we implemented this, Craig, and I would say that it was a great idea. So it was efficient, patient-friendly payment portal, as opposed to sending out statements and collections and doing phone calls and texts. We, you, you, you create, you remove barriers to people paying. And it's not because people don't want to pay. It's typically because they don't have a checkbook or typically because they don't want to answer your phone call or whatever. But if you, if you, if you create an easy button for people to pay you, that's a great idea. And that's one suggestion they have. The second one they have was something I alluded to just a, a few moments ago was the fact that they worked on increasing treatment acceptance percentage, not only with bigger, bigger plans, more ideal plans, but allowing patients to say yes to treatment, which equals more production, which equals then a higher annual patient value. 
Yeah. And it's really important for those uh, on the insurance game. Um, not that there's anything wrong with it, but like we always say, or I always say insurance practices grow like weeds. Um, you don't have to worry about if you set it and forget it and take the same 10 or 15 plans. Eventually you will have an entirely insurance run practice and you will see over time your average patient per visit or average, um, I'm sorry, production per visit going down. You'll be busier and busier and busier. Um, cause it'll grow so fast and the fee for service patients won't wait for you. This is their number four. Their takeaway is actually, they broke down number one into, into more specificity and it's the hygiene pre-appointment percentage. And that was the one thing I was telling you about what I would put on my quadrant would be more hygiene, uh, hygiene because hygiene is the, the workflow or the workhorse of the practice, right? Um, it's the, it's the well, rate limiting step too. It's your amount of encounters you have. So um, hygiene is so damn important. It's crazy how much chatter in our industry on the Facebook pages that you don't visit where doctors are so mad at their hygienists and so mad about you know, them making so much money. And, you know, I'll just do it myself. But like, that's the ultimate scaling process. That's why dentistry is such a great profession. We bring people in when they're not ready to buy. The only time you show up at the Ford dealer is when you're looking to buy a Ford, mm-hmm. but the service department will bring you in there and you have to wait for an hour. And all of a sudden you're walking by, Oh, I'll look at the new, you know, you know, uh, Raptor. And next thing you know, no, there's no Raptors that. to be had, buddy. None. Well, I got one for sale. DM me. <laughs> Only forty thousand over over MSRP. No, no. my rights right. would give me trouble, by the way. But yeah, well, so we get the benefit to bring people in and encounter with us, um, which is awesome. Your workflow, and we get so excited about the new patient that walks in. Like it could be some sort of great thing. But the patient that's in your chair, the hygiene visit, the hygiene check, and you shouldn't resent those checks because it's the most wonderful way to get new work scheduled. I know it's alluring and sexy to meet the new person, but the person that already knows you is going to accept your work at a higher frequency than the new patient that's cruising by. Read what I have highlighted there. I think it's the highest performing practices. Their hygienists often schedule the next appointment with patients while still chairside. A hundred percent. hundred percent. And by Do the way, let me tell you what front. your hygienist. Do yeah. not do it at the front desk and let Sally, and, who they have no relationship with, do it. Yeah, um, no, do it. But by the way, do, so no, you, don't do it there. Do it at the desk. Don't do it at the front. Do it at the front of the, of the no, office. No, no, do it right there. I know. I'm yes. Gonna, that's so what listen I was saying, to me right? on one thing, guys. Listen to me on one thing. So don't ever ask a question when you don't want to get a no. Hey, Mrs. Jones, you'd like to pay for the crown today? No, I'll pay next time. Okay. Hey, Mrs. Jones, do you want to wear these safety glasses? No, I'm okay. Well, you have to wear them anyway. Hey, Mrs. Jones. <laughs> Do you want to make your next appointment uh, for your hygiene? No, I'll call you. So don't ask a question if you don't want to know. Let's go ahead and handle your payment. Let, I'm going to have you go ahead and put these safety glasses on to protect your eyes. Let's everything. go ahead and make your next hygiene appointment for six months from today. Because in six months when you're due, we'll send you a postcard and it'll take you two months to get in and you won't be on a six-month recall. Let's go ahead and do it now. I don't have my calendar. Well, what about the same day and same time as last time? Okay, Wednesdays are usually good. How about two like it was last time? And we'll send you a text to confirm it. But don't ask them if they want to schedule their next appointment. The answer is going to be no. Sorry, I get it. I'm upset. I'm not, no, I, get, I get excited about dude, this. The verbiage is everything. The presentation is everything. Like you're saying, like, don't ask a question that you don't want the answer to. Don't just, just, you know, yeah. funnel the way you, you want it to go. Yeah. Right. Do you the want, bottom, do you want to wear safety glasses? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to pay me right now? Do you no, want to wear, not. you want to wear a dental dam? No, not really. Okay. I have to do it though. Cause it's a root canal. 
So the bottom 10% practices, their pre-appointment percentage is about 30%. What did I tell you was ours, Craig? Just as a quiz to see if you ever listened to me. Uh, 86%. There you go, bunny. No, I wasn't listening to you. I wasn't listening to you. Okay. But you still nailed it. And the top, and then their data, the top 10% of the practice, the highest performing practices are around 77 to 70%. So a good, good metric to, um, to you be know, but let me tell you, when I talk to that person that has the 30% reappointment mm-hmm. rate, I'll talk to them like, well, in my area, you know, we, we practice in Arkansas and, you know, people in Arkansas really don't like to make their next appointment. That's, Is this going to be their Mercedes, Mercedes Benz example down the street, Craig? No, I've used that one only seven times, but I'm just saying like, you know what it is? It's my area. They don't have that. So listen, you, your, your input equals your output. So every, there's a lot of defeatist attitudes. They're like, yeah, well, it just doesn't work where I live. They, they, people don't, people don't not like that, but it's mm-hmm. true. Like watch your numbers, watch it, watch your percentage. But it's funny. You could probably almost tell by looking at this metric alone without looking at revenues or practice. Show me your pre-appointment. I bet you, I could tell you how it's performing per operatory. Yep. You know yep. what I'm saying? Yep. hundred percent. All right. And then I think this is the, yeah, this is the last key. That key well, what, well, by the way, I want to, I want to add a number six. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, wait, wait, wait for, wait, wait I, for no, to I do know, number five there. But I'm going to forget when we get there. I'll forget, Peter. Okay. We're writing we make down. it 4.5. Use that. No, use that pen and paper in front of you and write it down. Okay. The number five key takeaway, which is one of my favorites, I have to say, um, is the same day treatment acceptance percentage. Yeah. That's a good one. So, here is what, and honestly, this is one that I think I always have said it can categorically change the momentum of a practice um, by being able to reserve some bandwidth in your schedule for that that yes. captive audience, right? Yes. Saying like, "Look, Miss Jones, we've had a cancellation," which is probably which is could be BS. It doesn't matter. You you preserve that for her or someone else, Miss Jones. We we actually had a cancellation. I, just I did prefer to check. Just say we have an opportunity today. Yeah, an opportunity. So you don't have to lie. We just have That's an opportunity. That's true. All right, today. fine. We have a great, yeah. hey, lucky you. We have a, we have an opportunity to see you for that crown that I just diagnosed. Do you want to go and hand, handle it now? You're here. You want to go from parking again. You want to go through the whole COVID thing again. You're already yep. here. Let's bang it out. I, and I'm ready to take care of that for you. Like what? Bang it I just, out. I just think it was funny. I like that. What? Bang it out. I just think it was funny. I like it. let's move on sorry i just let me have my moment i'm sorry um i just think that's funny so anyway and you know who taught me that and really impressed upon i always talk about my buddy marvin berlin um yeah any taxes i did because he's because he's like he just no no i think he's 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 amazing yeah he's amazing i've always been a fan and he was a big advocate and i remember him being a mentor to me early on saying Pete, what you really need to focus on is same day opportunities. He's like, it'll change. It can, it can double the revenues of where you are kind of thing um, because it, it gets rid of some of that idle time. So, um, so yeah, this is, this is another metric. So the hot, the, the key takeaway from this one is that the top 10% practices in the nation are, are, are utilizing this at a 48% same day treatment acceptance. And by the um, way, there's another layer to this too. If you are going to be doing a crown and a posterior teeth, tooth, you schedule for that crown. It's number 30. 29 has a DO. 31 has an MO amalgam. Please ask your patient, Does those, do those silver fillings bother you? Does that, do those metal fillings bother you? Is that, do you mind having those? 
if they say, why should I mind having those? Well, I'll just say, you know, but you know, I'm legally, I, when I take it out of your mouth, I can't flush it down our toilet because I'm not allowed to put it in our sewer so, system. But uh, wait, let me just finish this for one second, because the same day treatment I'm is sweaty back right now. I'm just going to, because I did it. I read it wrong. I interpreted it wrong. And I want to fall on the sword. It's okay, not well, same day finish, treatment. Can I finish? All right. Go can ahead. Just finish? Yeah. Let me just, let me, sorry, but it's okay. You might have to start over, bud. <laughs> no, come on. No, 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 no. Okay. If you want to start over, you do it, but put this one up and then you do one on your own. So just let me add this. So, for me, same day, same day treatment acceptance, or even same day add on or whatever we're going to, we just, we're going to roll with that because like when you're scheduled to do that crown and you, if you have Sarek or if you're going to take an impression or whatever, the added amount of time to add those one or two procedures while the patient's in the chair and numb in the quadrant is immensely opportunistic. Never mind that I can afford to have two fillings or whatever like that. I do not want to sit myself down in your chair as a patient. And then not have you tell me everything that could have been done for an extra three minutes, get numb again. Don't do that to me. Right. Don't do that to me. And any dentist that, you're, uh, that, that if we really answer this, honestly, we know we want le- more dentistry in less time, less shots, less visits. So don't add on. And you don't have to, it's not a salesy thing. Hey, Ms. Jones, I know you're here for number 30. We're, we're ready to do number 30. I just want you to have this mirror for a second. Did these two things bother you at all? Or I'm going to build this brand new crown to fit this old filling. And I'm going to make a brand new crown that will never be able to fit as good as now. Or when you prep that tooth, you'll have actually access to those M- MO and DO fillings like never before. So really always say that to your patients. Let them decide. Don't ever make decisions as to what is best for your patients. Let them decide. And now Peter, sword, yes. fall. So here it comes. Here it comes. So what I was so excited that I saw the same day opportunities, which I think, look, what we just talked about is still valid. And I still think it can change, but wait, they oh, I got it about, right. I got what it they right. were I talking about is exactly right. Is, is actually the same day treatment acceptance, meaning okay, got it. patients scheduled a future visit the same day the treatment was diagnosed. Right. So out of the total dollars presented on that day. So it's treatment acceptance from a treatment coordinator or hygienist or uh, assistant or you, if you're the one doing it, but it's accepting that day. And that is something that is tracked and isn't very important to do. Um, and also they said, rather than try to rush their patients through an appointment in order to increase the number of visits, they instead saw the value of increasing production per visit with each patient, which goes back to what we were talking about earlier, right? Yeah. Max, and you can maximize, you can really increase your APV in their instance by using same day opportunity because it's still the same visit. And, and let's just completely forget the business aspects of that whole idea for a second. Do what you do on your friend. We get in our own way. We don't want to suggest things because we have a fear of being rejected as dentists. Get over that because like I said, just offer it to them. You have a responsibility to let them know. You never want to decide people. I mean, with the way there's you know, people dress and you know, work remote, people can come in and flip flops in a t-shirt. And you might think, oh, well, I don't want to tell them they need $5,000 or $8,000. You need to tell them, let them decide, you know, never prejudge a patient. That wasn't really funny. Five period. takeaways, five key takeaways, even though you and I gave six. There, there was a six, by the way, just What's to say, because I wrote it, it down. Yeah, yeah I wrote it, it in our notes, but I don't know if you want to touch it or not. Yeah, no, nah, I don't like that. What All right, it was collections was per op. I'm going to bring it up. Collections per op. <laughs> No, what's no. what's I want to hear the number though, Peter. Just uh, I want to test Look, you. What is your number? Collection the highest per performing number that I could have given you ever in my career was five hundred thousand dollars per op per year. Okay, I you know what's funny is I'm 
creating a, I'm actually, did I tell you I'm expanding my practice? You did. Okay. So what I did is I, and thank you for that. Oh, I'm remembering you're the one who pushed me. Right. Cause I'm like, I'm going to put in two ops or like three. I don't remember what it was. I go, are you kidding me? <laughs> so we, I used those numbers. So I looked at my, put in seven, put in yeah, eight. No, what are you doing? Exactly. You did. You did say that. So that would have been a good podcast to record anyway. But anyway, so I used the number. I used 500 per op to do the business analysis. 100%. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's pretty high. I got to say in my ecosystem, that'd be pretty high. Maybe under yours on one roof, maybe that's doable, especially well, since you're specialty. Well, and also Craig, you are very anemic per square foot of operatories for the size, meaning you have a giant space and you only have 14 operatories. Uh, no, we have uh, only, I don't want to say uh, only, right? We have 18. Yeah. But 18. okay. Oh, 18. But like, technically, if you're looking at when, when people oh, build yeah, practices, shit. oh yeah, right? technically I could have put in 30 operatories in that, in your space. No problem. Yeah. But you know, according to my uh, culture index, you can talk to me till you're blue in the face. Actually you too, Peter, I have to say this. I know you like to identify as a very logical person, mm-hmm. um, but you and I are very much how things feel. Of course. I'm and not saying you should have done that. It didn't I'm just feel saying good. But you were yes, pretty, I agree with you. I you were pretty you. anemic, meaning you don't have to recreate the waiting room that you have the giant. Oh, so yeah, shit. Saying, yeah. It's just my waiting room, on. My, my reception area, it's not a waiting room because people don't wait, but my reception area, it has never people in it. Mm-hmm. Never. There's never, you know, which I like because you could be and cranking It's 3,000 square feet. Yeah, it's, it's 10,000 <laughs> actually, the, the reception area. Oh, speaking no, of waiting just your reception area is But I know a guy that has a reception area in like Missouri that's like 400 square thousand square feet. Yeah. With, so, with, uh, good. Hope, I hope he's doing all right. There in, I uh, kick an ass. Springfield. I hope he is too. Um, so yes, that was that the was highest. Great, Peter. Like, Thank you for pushing me to do this one. See, that's yeah. why I brought you on this podcast. Yes. Thank, thank yes. you for allowing me to take place in part of your Bulletproof podcast. Craig. You know, someone actually asked me, by the way, and hinting to the cult, to what we talked about last year. Someone's like, hey, man, I want to pick your brain on how to like record and like post and do it. I'm like, dude, partnership. That's all I can tell you. If, <laughs> if I do not even know. They were asking me like what microphone. I'm like, Peter Bolden sent me my <laughs> microphone. <laughs> you should have told him, just look for amazing coattails and ride them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> how do I how do I do anything in life? It's amazing. Thank God you're here, Peter. I, I wouldn't know. have any. I would probably not even be married. Uh, you, you, yeah, you probably you did. You'd be a failure in life. You'd be. I would be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and, uh, it depends on who you ask. A priority you're, you're. Yep. Yep. So uh, no, buddy, it's awesome. That's funny that you said that. Thanks funny. for the thanks for the shout out, buddy. Thanks for all my hard work and acknowledgement of all my hard work. Yeah, you're just you're just the the Tony Robbins on stage. I wouldn't go that far. Okay. So but this um, was a good th- one, honestly, because you and I pontificated about what we feel. And, and the cool thing was Craig is that we do talk a lot of this, but it, it does now data has really aligned with kind of the way we kind of feel. And I said, let's talk about this PDF because, you know, data is important to talk about. Statistics are important to talk about, not just the way you and I feel in our own echo chambers, but, but, but 10,000 practices and, and showing what top performers do success leaves clues Do the oh, shit yes. that they're doing. Yeah. Don't have to reinvent it. Just far out, find out what other successful people are doing and do that. Yeah. And, and I think the takeaway too, is like, see how they gave five takeaways, Craig. And then I was talking about that software platform that would be four KPIs. Don't drown yourself, whatever platform you use to get data, just don't drown yourself in the KPIs. Find out what's going to move the needle for you and your life cycle as a dentist or your life cycle as an owner or whatever you need to do. And focus on those KPIs as opposed to a million and being like, Oh, look at all this cool data doesn't do shit unless you implement 
and smash the subscribe button. I think that's the seventh, right? Smash the subscribe. Yeah, if you're on YouTube, smash. Oh, the subscribe Oh yes, button. this is true. Matt, no, it's destroy. Hey, the the influencers say I need you to just right now destroy right now, the like yeah. button. Destroy it. Destroy the like button. And and hit that <laughs> bell. Violent. And hit that violent. bell and do this and all these things you do because the YouTube algorithm. Yeah. Hi, buddy. I enjoyed that one. Um, yeah, and me too. Uh, me too. That's it. Yeah, it's not out. that complicated, people. Just follow the steps. It's like baking a cake. That's all I got to do. And join us if you haven't been online. I always say it's the biggest no-brainer in dentistry. Now join us on uh, Bulletproof.Dental. It's a network that we're all just having conversations, um, sharing, helping each other. And it's like, like I say, it's like Twitter. I can't believe it's free. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're in such a good, you're in such a sales mood. You sure don't want to sell. What do you got for me, bro? I like it. I like this salesy. I like it's not. I'm not being salesy. No, I'm I know. I'm joking. No, it's true. You believe in it. I love it. No, it's like, true. Dude, that thing, the value that you can get from being able to collaborate and, and being oh, away yeah, from awesome. Facebook's Facebook's like, yeah, you don't need cat memes. Black we, have cat of, memes. we have enough cat memes in our life. Well, don't well, entertain. Don't just but also not yourself. being tracked and not being monitored, not being like all the things. It's like it's like get get in an environment where you can collaborate with top the I guarantee you, Craig, all those top performing like statistics, I guarantee you pretty much everyone on that on that forum is in is in these top percentage. There is no one in the bottom 30% on bulletproof.dental. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Like when I whenever I do a live event, I did a live event for the Florida Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry, and there was like this one group that i'm like hey how many people do this and like they kept raising their hand how many people do this how many people they did everything and i pulled the guy over on the side i'm like what can i guess tell me how many opportunities can i guess what you're doing collections wise he's like that's an interesting game and i'm like this guy's cranking because he's just doing everything i mean Mm -hmm. like we tend to look at the michael jordans of the world like oh man it's so good to be him no that guy's lucky yeah he's he's on he's on the 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 free throw line just doing reps there's reps do your reps do your reps All right. Love y'all. Over and out. Take care, people.